The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Morning all, evening all, afternoon all, whatever. Uh, welcome, we're uh, back on the pod again. Feet back on the ground after all that jet-setting around Neston last week. You are most welcome to the Full Toss podcast from Chester Borton Hall Cricket Club. My name's Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon and a whole host of guests, we'll pick through the cricket of the last weekend and look forward to the cricket of next weekend. All that plus, of course, what's going on around the place fantasy cricket and well anything else we can think of in the next mm, however many minutes all right contributions from some of the senior captains at least and one or two others as well we'll see how we go really welcome to the full toss podcast it's cricket gym but not as we know it jim law and lee dixon the full toss Oh hum, so welcome to the latest Full Toss podcast, number 48. Hey, who said it wouldn't last? Uh, a lot of people actually, uh, including me. Anyway, here we sit um, after the travels of last week and thank you for uh, your in the main positive feedback for our little jaunt to Neston to watch the twos last week. Uh, we're back um, on home territory. Lee will be around in a, in a little while. We have uh, guests coming in and uh, recorded, of course, uh, as per usual. We have the feedback from the skippers. So, look, lots going on. Um, mm, what's that I hear you say? What's on at Chester Borton Hall? Well, funny you should ask. Let me take the cricket first of all. And uh, on the field, well, of course, Friday night sees the usual uh, explosion of juniors around the place is always a great site bar open seats available all prices the menu changing over the weekend i think into next week uh, with adam in the marquee there saturday sees the seconds at home and the fours at home sunday this weekend sees the ladies at home to portal park and the little matter of the second round of the cheshire cup as uh, Chester won at Didsbury a couple of weeks ago, they will be playing at home, one o'clock start against Brooklands. Moving on, a couple of things to just uh, maybe put in your diary. The 24th of June at the moment, that's T20 night, Thursday night. The first team will play uh, the first of their knockout games. Hopefully uh, there'll be others to follow. Uh, that's against Grappenhall at six o'clock start. On the horizon too, somebody whispered the threes are playing potentially the fourths in T20. Let you know more about that when we have it. And I wanted to remind you too about the Thunder. We've had the Thunder, of course, play 250 over games here. They're back at Chester playing T20 cricket on the 4th of July, Sunday the 4th of July, but also back uh, later in August as well with another T20. And uh, something you may not be aware of is the 20th of June, sorry, July, Cheshire are playing Warwickshire. This is what they call an ECB showcase match, whereas the old minor counties as was, but are now national counties, are all hosting one of the first-class counties. This was due to start last year, a kind of rebirth of the whole national counties cricket scene. Cheshire are at home to Warwickshire here at Chester. That's a good day, 50 overs aside, 11 o'clock start. Warwickshire with pretty much their full side, uh, one or two absentees due to the 100, which starts shortly afterwards. But that uh, that sounds like a pretty good day to me. Uh, there'd be hospitality available then as well, uh, running from 11 o'clock in the morning. Cheshire, Warwickshire, Tuesday the 20th of July. What's on at Chester Borton Hall? So off the field then, lots going on as we kind of move back towards normality. Uh, some bits of the jigsaw falling back into place. Uh, some of the events from last year have been rescheduled and look as if they're going to be up and running. So uh, exciting times, busy times as well. I guess in a nutshell, the things to tell you about now are the 25th of June, Friday the 25th of June. That's bingo night, bingo bongo night it's called. So that's bingo with a bit of bongo, I guess. 10 quid a ticket, uh, food will be available as well. That's a fun night out for all, of course, that's what it says here. The 9th of July, hit and run comedy night, held over from last year. Uh, that looks like a lot of fun, it's a professional comedy outfit. 
um, in the tent. 9th of July again, £10 a ticket and uh, food will be available. Uh, the new one is the 16th of July. That's Friday the 16th of July. That's a ladies charity lunch. Starts at 11.45. It's £35 a ticket. Details on the website. Uh, basically a glass of fizz when you turn up. Some stalls to have a little mooch around at. And uh, a bit of a fashion show in the middle. Not to mention a two-course meal. Uh, I can go there myself. That's the 16th of July. The 24th of July, of course, the Summer Ball. Now, this is pretty much sold out, uh, so please do check the website if you want tickets. I know there is a reserve list uh, that's, that's being planned, uh, but at the moment it's uh, it's looking pretty full. So check that out before you, um, well, when you can, really. Uh, 24th of July, Summer Ball. And uh, lots will happen after that. We're kind of putting things in place as we go along. Thank you so much. The Full Toss Podcast. So, of course, when he's not doing over-40s cricket, when he's not playing and leading the over-40s side and drinking port and eating cheese, he's looking after the juniors. When he's not looking after the juniors, he's looking after health and safety at the club. And when he's not doing that, he's looking after the COVID regulations, which I guess is the same sort of thing. But for now, we've got Dave Atkin on the line. So in the car after a hard day's work, David Atkin, aren't you? Uh, yes, uh, well, yeah, I'm in the car. Yes, I don't know how the second bit. <laughs> uh, and you've got. Uh, I hope you got your hands on the wheel while you're kind of. Um, yeah, you pulled over I'm, while you're changing your hats over. Yeah, stationary, a risk assessment situation, and we're all fine. Good man, good man. And being an over forty year old, you're obviously in the slow lane as well, which is good. I mean, what? Sorry, <laughs> you're in the slow lane. Over forty. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't use indicators anymore or anything like that. <laughs> Let's start with them, shall we? Because you've uh, you've had some cricket, haven't you? The over forties. Uh, yeah, we've had um, three games now, and we've managed to sneak sneak a win in all three. So that's good. We're um, uh, we're playing Coldy this week in the glorious sunshine, which is nice. And then yeah, then we've got a, a, a key couple of weeks. We've got Neston at home and then Wallace away. So I think I think that'll sort everything out. Neston at home. Um, so right. So we mm. the tickets available for that one. 16th, yeah, it's going to be a bit like when Lancashire ladies were here. You know, it's um, you've got to have a ticket to get in. I think the crowds are going to be obviously hefty. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're planning on coming down, I would definitely book a table with uh, with Mr. Roberts. Yeah. Excellent. Good. 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 So three out of three. Have you managed to sneak in there yet? Because you were struggling to get uh, the t- in the team, uh, hiding behind played, an injury last time I heard. Yeah, I played one game, but but only because we were, we were short. And I yeah, I can't really I can't really bowl. But in fact, I'm going to fall asleep. I've had a bit of a shoulder trouble, so I don't really get in the side on the strength of a batting on its own. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've managed one game, but but Mr. Fisher and Mr. Seven have been doing an excellent job in uh, in my absence, and I, I've enjoyed scoring with a couple of beers. So yeah, all good. Excellent. You see, I told you you get round to scoring eventually, and that's what yeah, happens. You score and you have a beer, don't you? Much prefer that to umpiring. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And uh, I can't help noticing, um, Dave, that on a uh, on a Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, most days in between, there's lots of youngsters wandering around the place playing cricket. It looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we've, um, it, it's calmed down a tiny bit now. We've we managed to get everybody in, in the right place at the right time, and, um, but the waiting list is, is ever growing. We've we've put a message on the website as you well now, just just saying that we're, we're unfortunately closed for new registrations now, such as the strength of the numbers. We're up to 260 kids now across those three nights, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit crazy, really. But, but um, you know, alongside Fish and I, there's been massive amounts of work going on behind the scenes. People like Annie Pold and Sharon Wyatt now helping out on a Friday. It's um, it, it's really sort of bearing fruit now, really. Um, so, yeah, All-Stars and Dynamos starts um, tonight, actually. Um, depending on when this game starts Tuesday this week. And then, uh, yeah, Friday, normal Friday service will resume after the half-term. Um, this week, um, I think most teams are doing really well. Damos 13s won away at Neston in the Cup and uh, through that's the National Cup. They're doing really well. Um, the the uh, the other 13 sides are, are, you know playing playing friendlies at the moment as are the under nines um, and Dill's 15s are, are doing pretty well as well, playing lots of games. Uh, had some good news this week for a few of our our junior players. Um, Try and get this right. Uh, Daisy Cook has been selected for Cheshire 15s. Um, and who else? Josh. Uh, Josh's Chester. Yeah, on the 14s. And Josh Leach and Freddie and Liam. We had to go to 
Freddie Young and Liam have been selected for the under-13s. So, yeah, congratulations to all those guys. Did the under-19s count as juniors, Dave? Um, yeah, kind of still. I think, yeah, they, they had their first game this week. And, and it's it's um, it's made up largely of, of, of 15s and, and a few younger ones. But but obviously that, that sort of interim age group where they're trying to make the transition from, um, from junior to, to senior cricket. Um, the... Uh, but yeah, and, and that's the point of the fifth eleven to a degree as well. Now, now all their assessments are finished. We're, we're already hoping that that, um, that that those sort of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds are going to make up the, the majority of the um, of the fifth eleven side on a Sunday. Yeah, excellent. And uh, honorary mention to John Legray, who uh, last time I saw him was disappearing where the sun doesn't shine, trying to sort out pitches because there are so many junior games going on. Yeah, I. I, I his diary must have so many scribbles in it, and bits of text. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a, yeah, it's a wall chart. Do. That's a wall chart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that mission control it needs to be really. Yeah, there's lots of demands on the grounds, and and um, uh, you know where teams um, maybe haven't got as many league games. They're trying to arrange friendlies and all that kind of stuff because everybody's still you know super keen to play cricket, and that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, there's, there's only so much you can do, and, and with that amount of kids, it's it's hard to um, uh, to make sure that that, that everybody um, you, you know get, gets exactly the, the amount of cricket they, they can. We'd love, we'd love to play every night, but obviously there's, there's, there's other things going on. So um, you know we're hopeful that that we can carry on a little bit longer than, than normal. We, we normally wrap up at the end of the the, uh, the summer term, middle end of July, but um, there's a there's a couple of initiatives to to help clubs arrange friendly. So if people aren't maybe. Um, going on holiday and, and, and what have you, we, we can arrange more cricket going into, into August again like we did last year. So there's always the option of that. Excellent. Um, we can't let you go without uh, slipping into the grim side of things. Uh, but uh, the grim side of things are brightening up a little bit, aren't they, um, with uh, with health, safety and um, COVID and, and the like? Yeah, quite, quite really. I think the, um, the, the big day now is obviously 21st of June and there's lots of rumours about whether that will be extended or whether... You know there won't be as, as much relaxation of, of the rules and, and stuff. I I think you know we, we've seen with, with the marquee and and how we've been able to operate since uh, since April. You know we, we we are in about the strongest position than any sports club can be in really. So um, just keep an eye on on, on the updates and, and make sure that you know Adam's always on top of it anyway. So just make sure that we we cover everything off. Um, and anybody visiting us, you know, opposition teams and all that kind of stuff, they know what. the the, uh, the gig is but yeah it's quieting down a little bit now and, and everybody's so used to it I think you know when you're asking people to, to abide by the rules it's it's, it's not a surprise yeah. So, so yeah we're in good shape Great stuff well good luck with uh, all of it really uh, and particularly the over 40s <laughs> then tomorrow night uh, Coldy you say Coldy wait big ground tomorrow and, uh, and then um, and then yeah and that's the week, week on Wednesday 16 Great stuff Alright Dave thank you as ever matey Cheers Jim speak soon Cheers <laughs> Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall, Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The full toss. Leroy, Lee Dixon, uh, you've been in a dark hole since the weekend, <laughs> since Saturday night. Did you get home? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I did. I did make it home just about. Obviously, a very tough day at the office for everyone involved for the first team, but it seemed like a, a, a decent night in the tent uh, with. Uh, though the second team didn't get over the line, the, the third and the fourth did extremely well. And uh, that's kind of the beauty of being at such a big club, really. There's so many teams that, you know, or normally someone's won somewhere so you can enjoy their success. <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, we, we we have a big celebration, don't we, when the four teams win on a Saturday night. I'm trying to think, have we had four lose? Well, we must have done. I just can't remember it. Not not for a, Not for an extremely long time. We'd have to dig that one out. Um, there's certainly been times where the first and seconds have both lost on the same day, but I think uh, the thirds and the fourths success over the the last few years, I don't think it's all culminated on four losses. I, 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 it'd be a very interesting uh, ambience in the tents if it was. <laughs> well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll come to the ones in a while then. Shall we? Uh, shall we have a look at the uh, the fours and the threes, the uh, the winners of the weekend? Uh, and hear what uh, Ian Thistlewood had to say and uh, George Metcalf. Let's hear from Ian first of all. Evening, Jim. Um, so the uh, the fourth one again uh, this weekend, um, and uh, it was against Neston, old friends and rivals, the Shrimpers. 
who uh, visited us at Philkins Lane. This is the second game against them this this year. And actually, it was quite similar in um, in the way the game progressed. Uh, again, we, we batted first. We won the toss and batted first on a really good track. It was a nice sunny day. Um, we managed to post 220 off our 40 overs. Uh, I got 30-odd. Um, Rob Williams batted really well, um, very patient at first. Um, uh, hung in in there and then and then accelerated towards the end to finish on 70. Um, and Dave Henson has, has been brilliant with the bat this year. Um, and he got a uh, he got he got 60 and and really helped us to to post a challenging target on um what was nonetheless an exceptional batting track and a very fast outfield. And we felt the 220 was just about par in response. Uh, Neston got to 176 before we bowled them out in, I think it was the penultimate over. Um, so they never really looked like chasing down the runs, although there was a moment when their, their opening pair, their young opening pair, batted really well. Um, uh, uh, and uh, once we'd broken that partnership, it, it, it felt like we, we were back in the game. But, th- but there was a moment where we thought they might chase it down. Um Star of the bowling was was Jamie Liddler. He he picked up four wickets, bowled exceptionally well, um, and also Chris Bell bowled really well for his ten overs, but but without reward. It's almost like he was setting the batsmen up to to give their wickets away at the other end. Uh, Archie Riley bowled ten overs in in two five over spells, uh, uh, bowled bowled exceptionally well again. A nice straight perfect really for for this level of cricket, wicket to wicket. Uh, Ian Boothroyd came in at the end, picked up a couple. Dave Henson picked up a couple to to, to round out a really good day for him, and and we fielded uh, very well. We held our catches. We were good on ground fielding, and and in the end, that I think was the difference between the sides because uh, Neston shelled a few catches, and and they they, they shelled, uh, for example, Robbie and Dave Henson early in their innings. And they went on to score score uh, big runs that allowed us to post that challenging target. So. Um, you know the old adage uh, is correct: catches win matches, and um, and we proved that on Saturday. Next weekend we have Middlewich again at home, so back-to-back home games, which is nice. Uh, we haven't played Middlewich uh, in previous years. I, I've certainly never played them, so I'm I'm not really sure what to expect. They've had a, a mixed bag of a season, like most of our uh, rivals. So so uh, obviously we'd like to take another victory. It's very tight at the top of our league. We're we're in third place, but there's a uh, you know, marginal points between us and Barnson and Christleton, and then a big drop off to, to to fourth place. So, I think probably as expected at the beginning of the season, the the real challenges for the title are Christleton and Barnson, um, and us. So, it, awful long way to go in the season yet, but um, we can just do what we do. But we've got a relatively settled side. Uh, looking forward to welcoming welcoming Alex Cotton back next weekend after after week off. And um, yeah, unfortunately, we lost Manny. I think up to the thirds, which is a is a bit of a blow for us. But um, you know, he's a great player, so so deserves his chance to play in the division higher. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Season's going well, and we're looking forward to continuing that in that vein. The thirds made the trip up the Wirral Peninsula to Irby this week as we took on their second team on a very sunny Saturday afternoon on the Wirral. Um, upon winning the toss for a change, the third team decided to have a bat on what looked a very hard pitch and outfield, so a big total hopefully on the cards, and that very much proved to be the case, as throughout the innings we found the boundary with total ease and really just took the wind out of the opposition sails from ball one really, Ian Metcalf and Ed Owen uh, opening up, Ed fell early to a very good ball, but this brought uh, Marius Mozart to the crease, who just absolutely tore the bowling to pieces, uh, finding the boundary after boundary. Sixes, fours, mainly straight down the ground, and he eventually ended up on 176 off something like 92 balls, I think it's like 32 boundaries, in what was just one of the most destructive innings you'll see in 13 cricket. Um, ably supported as well by the likes of um, Ian, Dan Pond, Joe Maddox, Manny, who picked up 50 off 30 balls himself as we set the very imposing total of 344 from just 40 overs. Um, in reply, Irby sort of never had a, never stood a chance. I think they knew that really from ball one, with the expectation having to go from, from eight and a half and over from ball one uh, for 40 overs. Um, so 
Um, it was actually good to see some of the diff- some different bowlers take the, take the new ball this week. So Sahil Sahil got given his opportunity after his three wickets the week before, and bowled really tightly, nice and full, attacking the stumps, and uh, got a wicket for his efforts. Um, Jake Wonky also opened and bowled some good deliveries, but unfortunately didn't manage to pick up a wicket this week. And then uh, Will Fisher and Ed Owen back from injury came on, um, and both bowled really consistently. Um, both picking up two wickets. Um, Will bowling his full ten, which was good to see. As sometimes he, he he's overlooked in the bowling states, but this week it was good to see him take a take a really key role in the in the attack. And then Irby, as I say, were never really in the game. Joe Maddox came on, uh, bowled as usual. Uh, mystery, <laughs> slow, medium, off spin. And Marius Marius, the man of the day himself, came on and bowled the last two overs from the other end. And overall, Irby finished about uh, one hundred and seventy six, the same score as Moss himself. Um, so just the 168 lights, but yes, another great win for the third team. Um, next week we move on to Warrington away again. Uh, Warrington thirds, the only the thirds in our division, and um, we hope to continue our good form. Uh, five wins on the bounce um, with um, other teams at the top. Seems to be playing each other at the moment, so there's a good good chance to sort of climb up the table. We're up to third now, um, just behind the two joint leaders at the moment. So. See you around at the club next week. Cheers. Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall. There you go, Lee. Threes and fours. Um, A good weekend for those boys. Yeah, really good. And, you know, massively impressive as well. Um, For the third team, Marius Motza, obviously, you know, any any opportunity. You know, we talk about hundreds and then we talk about daddy hundreds. And that's probably something just me, Warren and Rick. A daddy hundred. yeah, we just wind up the younger lads because, you know, when they get 100, they think, right, I've got 100, and then we've moved the bar a little bit. You know, you want a big 100, you want a daddy 100, you want a 150, a 160, 170. Um, and, and that's certainly what Marius did. You know, Irby is a, that used to be like a, a you know, a, a, a ground where, you know, they, they were right at the top of the Cheshire County League um, not so long ago. And the ground's still in fine nick. So, you know, it was obviously a really good batting track. Uh, Marius did really well, um, and you know, Manny coming in not not long after him and blitz. You know, he got fifty <laughs> off thirty <laughs> balls, and he's been like overshadowed. Um, it, is, it is mad, but look, it, again, we talk about this. You know, the way these leagues have been structured, it's another place for those lads to go and play, playing on the front pitch as well, and, and they seem to have a fantastic time. Um, and did I read in George's report that Marius scored one seven six, which was exactly the same as the uh, as the Irby score? Yeah, exactly. And I think I made a joke in the tent that if Marius had just turned up and played for the ones, that we just needed to get one between the other <laughs> yes. ten players. So that that would have done quite nicely. <laughs> and as we said last week, that's a big pitch, isn't it, at Irby? So you know, no messing yeah. around there. No messing around there. Um, yeah, good stuff. And of course, this this is boys. Um, yeah, steaming it as well. Yeah, look, the fourth 11, you know, seems to be kind of um, pushing along. Obviously, they had that little blip the other week, but another 25 points. Um, and, you know, I, I was watching across because we were on the front pitch and, and it looked like they got off to a little bit of a tricky start against their old foes at Neston with uh, Joey Dez and Jack McGovern going quite cheaply. Uh, after the, the skipper in Thistlewood went for 31, it just looked like that we, we needed a bit of a partnership Um but it was actually uh, Robbie Williams with 73, the vice captain. And Dave Henson, who's been in great form this year uh, as the all-rounder, getting 60, doing a fine job, actually got us up to a really, really respectable total of 220 or 40 overs, which is always going to keep you in the game. It looked like a decent chase from Neston. Um, they, they got 177 all out uh, in the last over. Um, and ultimately, it's that guy again, uh, Jamie Littler, four for 44. And Archie Riley, two for 36. So the, the two opening bowlers doing the damage there. Later on, Dave Henson and Ian Boothroy picked up a couple too. But, you know, a really good win. Nice to see it shared around. A few victims for Sheehan, the keeper as well. It looks like he's got three or four catches and stumpings there, which is absolutely brilliant from him. And uh, we roll on and, and that keeps them up the, the top half of the Division C West. And just to, just to mention about Archie there, uh, Lee, because obviously he had that uh, that fantastic blitz a couple of weeks ago when he took six wickets. So he did all right Saturday. Sunday he got a 50. Uh, apparently, according to his mum, he had a night off last night and he, he only netted. Uh, Tuesday night he's got um, he's got his age group stuff as well. I think something's on Wednesday and on it goes through to the weekend. Incredible. 
That's <laughs> look at the thing. The thing is, is that when you speak to the lads, if you, if you could go back to any point in your life, I think 14, 15 would be right up there because if you love your sport, it's you know, and if you and if you're as talented as someone like Archie is, you're going to play under 15s, under 16s, under 17s, 19s, third 11, fourth 11, cup, T20. He's played district. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. And that, and that and that's what you want. You know, the beauty of playing as often as that is, is that you can be out of form on a Monday. And by Friday, you're back in form again. Yep. Whereas as you get older, and certainly something I'm finding at the moment, going from playing a lot of minor counties cricket and when we were in multiple competitions, the echo knockout and so on and so forth, that going to play in one game a week is actually really tough because if you have a couple of quiet weeks, it can be, you know, two, yep. three weeks don't, before you get a score again. Don't go to Australia. Oh well, um, I'm I'm pretty sure that I've had these conversations a million times. You know, they're two day games which go over two weekends. If you get a bad decision as a batter, you've basically given up three weeks of your life. It's just just dreadful. And I think a lot of the lads that come from England find it really tough over there. They love the the break over Christmas. They can go travelling, but. The, the Australian lads absolutely love coming to England because there's just so much cricket. So, any sign of you turning out for the um, the midweek? Um, what, what, who do you play for the uh, the corner house? Yeah, I'm playing. I'm actually playing uh, uh, Clyde Welfare uh, oh, on right. Wednesday night. Looking forward to that immensely. Joe Caloran's also in the side as well. Is that, uh, a, is that at home or? No, that's that's a way. So I'll be a uh, happy wallet. Work happy hand, wallet. Handy. Years ago, by the way, just be careful. Uh, well, I'll make sure that mine stays <laughs> in the car. But I'm sure it's a very nice club. Um, <laughs> Lost it, and uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to turning out quite a few guys from the from the the club play. You know, we are affiliated to the corner house, and obviously through Adam and Richie, who uh, manages that side, does a great job. Yep. Uh, but I'm really really looking forward to it. And like I said, you know, with the kind of um, the lack of games it's just a great opportunity to get out and actually play 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 some cricket quite right look I've digressed really uh, threes and fours uh, just just briefly uh, I'll touch on on their games this weekend the uh, the threes are away at Warrington threes and the fours are at home to Middlewich twos yeah and and look middlewich uh, we always like to have a little chat about grounds jim oh. uh middle middlewich twos i think they're playing is that right yeah yeah it's at chester yeah no, well, yeah but when they play the away game middlewich oh, yeah. is is an absolutely beautiful ground a fantastic wicket if you can and find your way that, into it though that's the point isn't it you yeah if, if if you can get if you can get in you've done well but you know it really is one of those those great grounds. We obviously talked about it the other week when we had Jimmy McCoy on, where, the place where he scored his yeah. memorable 190 for the second 11 for Cheshire. But, you know, uh, no, again, another example of, you know, really good, diverse fixtures. And, and, and something, I'll be honest, the first and seconds, I think, miss out on a little bit. And, and something we spoke about with the National Cup, having to play teams in your own league. Um, obviously, a big upset. Um, we're talking about digressing. Big upset. Neston took a, a scratch team to... A full strength uh, Nantwich side on Sunday and, and beat them in the national. So I think that that surprised a couple because they were obviously so good against us the week before in a in a tense finish. And then uh, Neston went there with with four or five missing, including Will Evans, Luke Camden, and, and absolutely rolled them over. The day after they'd lost as well to Oxton. Yeah, look, this year the the Premier League is so wide open. Um, it really is. There's, and it's it's really good for the league. I think. I think it it was always going to happen with the overseas players not being around, um, and it's just leveled the playing field right out. I think the big one as well, Jim, that we've not really spoken about is, is that teams just haven't had that preseason. Mm. So it, you know, I I feel like there's there's a lot, even though we're kind of you know coming up to a third of the way through the season, I just feel like teams are trying to play catch up. And uh, haven't re- no one's really found the rhythm yet, you know, because I think if any team had found any real sustained form, they'd, they'd be well clear at the top. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I was going to hold the ones back, uh, but we've, we've, we're on the ones now, so let's let, let, let's go on it. Um, Alton Park, uh, third defeat in a row. I was going to say, when, when was that last time, the last time that happened? Because it was last year in the COVID league, wasn't it? Yeah, and... Um, it, it, it's one. It's one of those situations, I'd say, with the first team, where we're obviously, uh, you know, a side where you've got some of the 
older lads are getting older and we've got new lads who've come in who are trying to find the way. Um, ultimately, we should never, when we bowl them out for 179, which probably was still a few more than what they they should have got, you know, from the yep. position we got in, we just should not be losing that game. Um, and ultimately, you know, Mike Robinson for Alton Park got 49, old boy. Great to see him stay afterwards as well, Jim. You know, obviously a, a real name from the club. And what did, he, legend what, his, what did he do the next day, Lee? Yeah, he went and got 100, didn't he, in yep. the uh, in the Cheshire Cup against Audley Edge. So, you know, he is, we've all known he's a, he's a really good player and I, I know a lot of people are really happy to see him do well. Um, but, you know, when we're getting the likes of Danny Leach and Rob Semi so cheaply, you, you, in that lineup, you're thinking, right, we really need to hammer it home. And we, we allowed guys down the order get, you know, coming in at nine and 10, getting 20, 16, you know, just too many, really. Um, but like I said, I'd back us to score 179 at home every day of the week. And it was just a procession of uh, loose shots, really, Jim. Look, I thought the Cheshire opening bowler, Ben Gibbon, was really impressive. Yes. Uh, I thought he looked, you know, I, I think we spoke about it in the bar, he looked very smooth in his action. Um, obviously, he's a quite a commanding figure, well over six foot. Um, left arm over the wicket and, and bowled with some real control, got some good lift out the wicket. It's I think like, it's always good. It's always good though, Jim, when you when you watch first team cricket, when they have got a genuine quick, yeah. because I think for people who are playing on the back pitch or people who come along and watch, that's when you think, oh, wow, that this is actually a real step up. Sometimes you see some of the medium paces and they think, oh, I could face that, even though that they're skillful. Um, but that real extra bit of pace and you know, he bowled very well. And, and we let Andrew Dufty, the uh, the off spinner, just bowl at us, which has just not really been our way at all. Um, so, you know, we thought that we may manage to scrape um, a victory. Uh, Luke Young came in and had a bit of a cameo, a very quick 26 with two, two sixes. But Andy Metcalf kind of marshaled the, the lower order. Um, he got 43. He was the last man out. But Charlie Fleet with 15, Alex Nash hit uh, Ben Gibbon for a six towards the canal, yeah, and then got out, and then got out in the, the most bizarrest of circumstances. Really, it, could, it, it was probably a borderline no ball for height, but you'd expect Nash, you'd expect to smash a, a full toss off uh, an off spinner. And Danny Leach, you know, we know Leachy well. He, the fact that he's took the catch at slip is is a nov is a novel anyway. You know, <laughs> it's a novelty anyway. But he was very happy with that. And, and like I said, we ju- we just finished the <clears throat> eighteen run short, so it massively disappointing. I don't think there's any way around that. I think the lads need to have a good look, really, because now we've gone Didsbury away, losing draw. We got absolutely turned over at all the edge the week before, didn't apply ourselves, and then not chasing one hundred and seventy nine at home. You know, we we need a performance, and and what a perfect way to do it with a a double header weekend this weekend. Toft on Saturday, Lee, at Toft. Yeah, look, at Toft, yeah. Look, Toft is one of those grounds where it, we, we've had we've had a lot of success, but they're always really good games because they're always very high scoring. Now, I don't know what the pitches are like this year, um, but it's always been a very, very good stomping ground for Rick Moore. I think he averages something like 99 there. Um done extremely well you know the year that we won the league there I think he got 100 I think he got 100 the year before did really well uh, also George McCormack bowled a really good spell there two years ago where he bowled 17 on the spin um, you know just getting the the lines and the lengths right so look I think looking at that batting lineup, there's probably three or four of the lads me included who, who would who would love a score um, and the bowling unit you know obviously they, they did a Quite a handy job at the weekend. The spinners certainly put the screw on after a really good start from George McCormack with the new ball. Um, but, you know, we, we need to kind of put both parts of the game together now and, and really hammer home, really, uh, and, and pick up 25 points. Yeah, two things. Uh, one is uh, Toft is fantastic and the biggest cows in the world. And the second thing is a little bit more serious is it feels like um, the, the spinner's time is coming. Is that is that fair? I mean, it's getting later in the summer. Obviously, the sun's coming out. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look for us. I think it, we don't have to hide it. We, you know, we, we are 
very strong in the spin department and notoriously Chester, when it starts to dry out, is a team that can get on a real roll. That's what makes Saturday's defeat really disappointing because actually they're in our conditions. Um, and I think that's something we've got to really kind of drill down on and remember how we do it and, and do it well, batting partnerships, um, be selfish when you get in and make sure that you make that score. But also as well, that you know, feel like I'm, I'm being a little bit doom and gloom. The fielding was far better than the week before. We've done some work on that. So that's obviously a positive. Uh, and, and the fact is as well is we're, we're at full strength this weekend, which always means that, you know, we're, we're putting our best foot forward to for, to try and get the win. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let us uh, have a look at, um, at Matt Griffiths and the twos who had a, a, a had to scrap a little bit, didn't they, for that uh, that draw? But let's just hear to hear from uh, Tommy Evans. Hi, Jim. Yeah, uh, twos away at Alton Park uh, on Saturday. Um, Tricky game. Uh, they had been top the week before, before having a winning draw. So we'd overtaken them last week. So it was a top of the table clash, one that we wanted to win. Um, and we essentially wanted to bat first. Um, unfortunately, Griff lost a toss when we were put into bowl. Very, very hot day. No one likes it in the field on a hot day. So uh, it was a tricky one to, to strap the whites on and get out there. Um, obviously, a bit of a hill at Alton Park. So we started up with Wiggy bowling. He obviously went in from the top end. Came flying down the hill, bowling some seriously quick pace. Um, it was Matty Brain that struck first. So sorry, the other opening bowler was Sam Mallows, um, Wiggy and Sam. Uh, no wickets, but we're keeping it tight. Uh, Matty Brain came on first change, coming up the hill. Got an LBW. Um, bowled well, bowled tight. Um, and then Alton Park sort of had a bit of a partnership going. Um, ben Kettle and Owen Williamson then came in and they... Uh, attacked the bowling quite a bit. They had another good partnership, and Alton Park finished on 238 from their 50 overs. Uh, Sam, the pick of the bowlers, who came on in his second spell, and he ended up taking three for 53 from his nine overs. So we wanted to keep them to 180. Uh, that was the aim. So them getting 238 was slightly above par, but we thought it was chaseable. We had a Huge batting lineup as we normally do. Bit of a change to the opening partnership this week. Uh, Matt Hodges had come up from the third team after performing really well. So he uh, opened up with Bobby. Uh, unfortunately, he fell quite early. He went for one. Um, and then Joe Caloran went in number three um, to bat with Bobby. Um, they both got really well stuck in. And we got to 90 for one very quickly uh, before Bobby was out. Bobby was... Um, 58 off 57 balls. Uh, Joe really settled in, batted really well, but unfortunately the middle order faltered. Myself first, Griff, Reg and Wiggy, we were all in and out. We went from 90 for one to 150 for six. Um, Alton Park slow bowlers, obviously knowing how their pitch plays and what to do, and really tied us up. Uh, Braino and Dan put on 30 um, towards the end, but as it was getting closer to the end, we had to sort of put the blockers on and go for a draw. Sam and Fishy blocked out the last few overs. Um, we finished on one nine seven for nine. So it was a close game. They were potentially the slightly better team on the day because our middle order failed. Um, we dropped down to second, I think. Um, but we're still right up there. And we've got Toft at home on Saturday, which is another big game. And we hope to get a winning amount of points from that. Cheers, Jim. Match reviews and previews. There you go, Lee. Yeah, they um they hung on at the end, didn't they? And the middle order didn't do them any favours. No, you know, every uh, everyone I spoke to, it looked like they were absolutely coasting the twos, um, but fell away extremely hard. Um, and that it'll be frustrating for them because they know that Alton Park are going to be right up there, and actually, eighteen points separate the top seven sides. So it's going to be one of those seasons where. You can't actually afford to be dropping points when you're in winning positions. You know, you, you look at that side from Alton Park on Saturday, they've got a number of guys who've played quite a lot of first-team cricket, so they're a very strong outfit, just like we were. Uh, bowling first, obviously, you're looking at the kind of Sam Mallow's three for 53. I think he picked a couple up at the end. Uh, Matty Brain, good to see him get a little spell there, six overs, one for 17. Uh, and the, 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 the two slow bowlers managing to go you know, under that four, five and over on, on what looked like a high score in deck there, you know, 239 for eight. Uh, Chester in response, you know, almost flew out the blocks after that early wicket and Matt Hodges, who'd come up from the third level, 
Joe Caloran and Bob Evans both making half centuries. Um, Joe batting beautifully, patiently, 97 balls for his 54, but put us in a really strong position. Um, what I would say is looking at the uh, the scorecard, it's, it's quite apparent that we want to hit a lot of boundaries and we don't seem to be rotating the strike. Um, the middle order fell away really hard. Tommy, Griff, Reggie, Wiggy, all of them going for single-figured scores and not facing a lot of balls either. So it did put us massively out of position. Um, and, you know, it was left to the, the tail-enders, the, the lower-order batters, uh, Sam Mallows and Robin Fisher in particular, to kind of shut up shop and um, kind of lick our wounds and, and go again another week. Yeah. And that, uh, that's Toft, uh, Toft at home with uh, with old Nigel coming over, I assume, um, captaining the, the twos for Toft these days still. Yeah, look, the tough twos, you're going to see names potentially like Ed Stubbs, Nigel Muirhead, Corns maybe if he's not in the mm. ones, um, Talbot, you know, they, they've, they're actually quite a similar second team to ours, Jim. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's guys that have got first team pedigree, there's guys who are on the way up and, and, and Toft are quite fluid with their selection at first 11. So, you know, there's going to be guys there that are going to be pushing for one spot. But, you know, look, at home, you always fancy any of our teams and, and the second team in particular, like you spoke about, it's getting a little bit drier now. Um, and we're just waiting on a few few little bits for availability that hopefully uh, Matthew can put out a really strong side. Ben Spaven comes back after having a week away on a stag do. So I'm sure Spaven will be back hungry, looking to get some runs and, and maybe add a little bit of uh, substance to that middle order. Uh, and hopefully Matt Brain can uh, build on that that spell that we we just mentioned previously about from last week. He's he's he struggled a little bit for for rhythm and confidence this year, but great to see Brain nowhere uh, pick up a wicket and uh, and bowl well from all accounts. And um, it's just if, if you're just saying that it feels like we're almost getting back to normal when players miss games for stag do's. That's uh, we haven't had we haven't said that for a couple of years, have we? No, look, it, it is it is good, and actually sitting on selection is actually far more interesting because people missing games is actually a really good way to evolve any cricket club. Uh, you know, in an in an ideal world, you know, everyone's available for every game, and you only have forty four players that want to play. That's certainly not the case at Chester, and it's going to get really interesting as the schools start finishing off. There's a few exciting young players that are going to be coming out of a few of the private schools available to play for us. So, you know, when that comes around, we'll certainly discuss them. I think that'll be really interesting. Um, but also as well, you know, every time that a player misses uh, a game, like we said, it does breed an opportunity for someone else and and guys to come in and, and state their claim. So, you know, I think that over the coming weeks, you know, I certainly know that the availability in the first team, there's a couple of people away, which will give a couple of those second team Guys who are pushing the chance to come up and and uh, put the name in the uh, in the paper. Absolutely. Uh, look, Lee, um, I can t- I can tell you a little bit down actually. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you two things to cheer to uh, to to cheer you up a little bit ahead of the weekend. All right. Uh, the first one is uh, when you um, when you listen to this back. Um, I'm not saying whether it was this week or last week, whatever. But we did a, a National Counties podcast uh, a few days ago, and and actually um, Bertie, one of the dogs here, um, sits in on these, as you know, and presides over things. Uh, and he broke wind violently on a couple of occasions. Uh, so oh, your challenge is to pick that up. <laughs> and he might have done it on this podcast, so you'll have to listen back to it, all right? That's the first thing. The second thing that to, to uh, cheer you up is um, I've had a word with somebody, and I think they're going to come on the podcast. Who might it be? Come on, a big fan of ours. Big fan. Mm. Right. Which is a lot of third-team cricket, actually. Oh, yes. Please, please say it's the uh, the ultra himself, Dave Maddox. No, 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 no. Wrong oh, sex. Wrong well, sex. Well, well, we, we'll get Dave oh, on as well, obviously, but wrong sex. Well, well I should actually know this because I was actually there when you had the conversation, but I've heard that Julia Pond has promised that well, if, Dan, if, if Dan makes a 50, that she'll definitely come on. She's going to come on. We're, we're, it's work in progress, but she... Uh, uh, egged on by Jill Fisher, she's kind of almost there. So you need to sort of you know, just prime yourself on the, on the questions to ask, or whether she'll sing us a song or whatever. And uh, and Dave, I'm sure Jim would love to oh, have you on, Pref- preferably preferably pre four o'clock on a Saturday. Yes, yes. Otherwise, it might be slightly longer than it uh, than it normally is. 
it, it could actually be up there with Robbie Williams' fourth <laughs> eleven interview from last year. Bleeped out, you mean most of it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! Uh, and we should say hello to Liz in the tent as well. Said some very nice things about last week when we were we were messing around in Neston and uh, and losing that game. Yeah, look at listening back to it, Jim. Wasn't it such a fantastic evening? And it was great to get out and report on some games. You know, it'd be fantastic as well because I know that obviously you do a lot of hard work with the live stream. It would be amazing if we could actually get maybe one of these midweek games where me and you could get on and uh, do some commentary. Talk some rubbish on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We will. Talk some rubbish. We will. Well, yeah, we can can do that. Um, And there is a little matter. If if, this right, Lee, if the draw goes right in the uh, T20s for the threes and fours, is there an El, El Clasico in the offering? That's yeah, and, and and what and what's actually really good about it is is that it's genuinely two separate sides. The way the rules are, if yeah. you're going to put two teams in, they're like squads, so the, the, you have to be quite selective. As soon as like the, I think the thirds played the week before the fourths, they, they had to they have to stay in like their bubbles. Um, but it would be fantastic. We haven't had that. That fix used to be like the 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 main two games of the year, you know, it was like the old firm, wasn't it? It came around. We used to get Donaldo to stop scoring that weekend and get him out there and yep. he'd be doing his stretches on the side. It was fantastic. All part of the drama. <laughs> I remember a really, really fantastic. You did a really good promo, I remember, for the website with Steve uh, Henshaw That's and Dave yeah. Fisher. Yeah, blimey. It was about five years yeah. ago, I think. Yeah, so look, that would, that would be absolutely brilliant. And if we could wangle uh, uh, the live stream and even get our version of Benedict Jack Will- Jack Williams back on oh, uh, yes. he, he, he I think there's a fan page going on from Jacko after uh, his uh, Facebook live uh, appearance I'm not most surprised. of them are most of them are from the North Wales area yes okay um <laughs> so work in progress again Lee uh, for thee and me uh, right, um, let's um, let's move to the ladies and uh, let's hear an update from Nicole Fisher. A great week for the ladies saw both the first and the second team getting through to the quarterfinals in their respective knockout cup competitions. The second eleven played at home against Wisterson. They scored 117 off their 20 overs with Juliet Wells, Gemma Rose and Nandu Valiel all retiring on their 25. The Chester girls kept it really tight in the field in response and Wisterson could only score 71 off their 20 overs, gaining eight wickets along the way. Nettie Axon took three and there was also one apiece for Nandu, Emma Inchley and Bethann Morris. There was also a couple of really good runouts in there from Eliza and Fion. The second 11 will face Nantwich second in the quarterfinal of their cup draw. The first 11 then beat Oxton away in their knockout fixture. Um, they managed to keep the Oxton ladies being kept down to 89 for five off their 20 overs. Wickets went to Ali Cutler. She took three, narrowly missing out on a hat-trick ball. And Charlie Thompson also got two wickets. In response, our Chester side managed to knock off these runs in the 14th over. Ali Cutler narrowly missing out on retirement, scoring 29 with two beautiful sixes in there. I finally managed to put some runs on the board for the team, retiring with 30 runs. And another good performance from Nandu Valiel, who got 26 not out. That win will take us to an away fixture at Appleton for the quarterfinals of the mm-hmm. Knockout Cup. The first 11 are in action again at home on Sunday to Port Hill. Should be a really good game. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. Ladies captain Nicole there. Lee, you've been impressed with the, the upturn um, in the way the ladies have been looking at things. Yeah, look, I, th- I think it's, it's really straightforward that, that, you know, in previous years, they've clearly just not had the strength of sides to be able to compete. Uh, you know, we spoke about the whole transition and, and getting players competent enough to play at the highest level. The fact that they've also got this second team gym is actually really helping because actually those fringe players in the past who weren't quite good enough for ones who were still having to play, they're getting to play as part of the first team squad, which is fantastic, but they're also dropping down and getting that 
exposure at a slightly lower level in the second team and honing the skills. So when they are playing in the ones, they're far more competent, they're far more confident. And also as well, it's just great to see, like, you know, on a Tuesday night, it's not one lane, it's not two lanes. The whole nets are full of uh, all the women's practice, you know, really well organised. Al Money's down there. Um, often is is dad Graham as well supporting the the ladies section getting the, the girls ready, and obviously uh, the, the the you know the upturning results is is really helping and, and putting them in a really strong position in the table. And good that uh, Nicole got some runs. I know that was bothering her, but she's uh, she's she a cracking innings according to Ali. Yeah, look, you know, I think when you you're captain of any side, you know, obviously. The role is to manage people's expectations, the tactics, the organisation, the game itself. But there's, you know, there's several different ways to lead a team. But ultimately, if you contribute and it makes your life a hell of a lot easier. Um, and I think that's that, that's the big thing for her is the fact that, you know, just to get that kind of monkey off her back. She, she hadn't had a score this year and uh, for her to get some runs is, is brilliant for her. And I, I'm sure that she'll want to roll that on. And I know, obviously... Tilly Buss is down in uh, London, but a uh, massive uh, supporter of Nicole and, and a bit of a fan girl and was straight onto social media, um, bigging her up uh, through uh, the different channels. So, no, great for them. Uh, and hopefully um, this week is, is no different. Yeah, uh, it's a big game for them, isn't it, against Port Hill Park. A strong side. They've got them on Sunday. Port Hill Park are a funny side, Jim, because they are a strong side, but they've had um, a, a particular player which, whose name's eluded me, who we dropped on uh, the ta- second ball of the ta- game. Is it Tanya? I, I'm, I'm not going to guess because I think <laughs> I, I don't think it is Tanya. So, <laughs> but um, it could be Evie Jones. That may sound yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but last year we dropped her second ball. She got 100, and basically she was completely the difference between the sides. So hopefully. You know, not saying I hope that she doesn't play, but if she does play, then we get her out early. But it's a far more all-round side. You know, it, there's there's no doubt in that. And uh, the other thing as well is, which I, I, I've obviously touched on, but I'm so pleased that as a club we got that um, sorted with the kit. So the continuity between the two sections. I think the girls look absolutely on point. You know, look at, looking across, they've all got the names and numbers. They look the part, you know, and I think that's really important, you know, for as we keep building and moving forward, um, that, you know, the sections are, are so aligned. Spot on. Yeah, it, it looks great. And of course, having the Thunder in town as well. Um, and, you know, a special thanks from the club, I guess, for all the girls for rallying around and, and being uh, being on point with, with, with the Thunder here and uh, running around, helping, helping around the ground and, uh, and of course, sticking and watching the cricket. It must, look, it must be so inspiring, really, because, you know, we've obviously Sophie Eccleston playing massive, you know, world number one ranked bowler in women's cricket. But I think it's really, really good for, you know, we've got lots of young girls coming through, thanks to Joe Herbertson starting them out young. And then obviously the section, you know, putting that pathway together. But there's nothing quite as inspiring as watching the best do what they do and having them at our club. Um, in in the in this particular tournament's fantastic, and to see that the club's being you know put onto that that you know that that next level, you know over a hundred thousand views on the live stream during that game, everyone's looking at our club and you know and the scores are really good. Obviously, you know we, we blow smoke up Keggy's arse all the time for being so good, uh, but the wicket obviously did the job. You know, proper decent scoring game and. And great to see like some of the England players on show. Tammy Beaumont, fantastic. Uh, Kate Cross, Alex Hartley. So no, really, really good. You no, know, like I said, it, it's 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 exciting. It's something different. And obviously, we've got the facilities there to to be able to put on a, a really good show. So um, fingers crossed. They're the kind of events that that we want. And obviously, we've got the the challenge match for Cheshire later in the summer. What date's that, Jim? That's the twentieth of July. I'm glad you asked. 20 overs, yeah. Which is, you know, just brilliant. It's been, you know, the best part of a decade now since um, the minor counties had that fixture with the first-class sides. And I know that, obviously, your work with uh, Richard Logan, who, who is at the top of the NCCA, um, these games are really important. So, you know, the hope is that Cheshire can put on a real show 
Uh, hopefully, we'll have a few of our lads uh, in the side as well, you know, so we can cheer them on or heckle, depending <laughs> who they are. And uh, and it, it should be a fantastic day. And I'm sure nearer the time we'll have some hospitality or some information so people know what they can do to maybe watch the game. Yeah, we will. And, and the good thing about that is Lancashire, really, sorry, Warwickshire are really keen on it. Uh, yeah, good good vibes coming out of them. Uh, it's just before the 100 starts, so there'll be a couple of players short, but they uh, they are committed to bringing yeah, a full side minus minus the 100 players. So it should be a good day, that one, I think. Um, well, I, I'm, I think quite a few of the lads from I've spoken to are expecting some. The, the worst thing for any club cricketer is, as we describe it, gas and they're hoping that you know that, that Warwickshire aren't going to bring a few of the fuzzies along um, that day. They can bat first. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully, Keggy's got the feathers to put on our feather bed, <laughs> and it's coming through true. But uh, as much as I love Rick, one of my all-time great friends, I will take a great deal of joy uh, buying a, <laughs> a pint of Budvar on the uh, the balcony, watching someone extremely fast bowl at him. <laughs> Uh, just to wrap up, Lee, here's one for you. Um, just going back to the Thunder at the weekend. Now, there was a guy who uh, played his cricket here 15 years ago or so, 17 years, I think he said, um, he first came here. He grew up with uh, the likes of Tommy Evans, with Simon, uh, Ollie, um, and uh, Tommy Ducker, um, the side of the sort of, I suppose, the, the, the team that, that did so well in the under-21s. Uh, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, a chap called Mike Perkins, who did the commentary and works for Five Live and for uh, BBC Radio Lancashire. Uh, he covered the game and was just um, uh, exuding over how you know, what a great setup it is here and how it's changed and uh, how, how fabulous the whole place looked. Anything like that's fantastic. And to get someone who's obviously, I, I think I saw it on Twitter actually, Jim, mm. uh, in mentioning the fact that he'd, he'd been here and obviously previous day, we'd, we'd, you know, we've already mentioned Mike Robinson doing so well uh, with that Chester link, um, you know, it just shows that over the years people come and go, but it's obviously still a really important part of people's lives. Um, I, I must admit, now we're kind of going on tangents, Jim. Did you see Matt Hancock in his England shirt? I haven't, no. <laughs> uh, he, 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 he went out running and uh, got collared by the paparazzi and he was in his England training top and he, he ran off like he was almost going to run in and bowl, uh, there's been some quite funny kind of memes and stuff made. But Matt Hancock was a junior cricketer at Chester Bolton Hall. Wow. Wow, we should... I feel a programme coming on here, Lee. Uh, yeah, definitely, 100%. I think it'd be fantastic. He's a massive <laughs> cricket fan. And if you ever see if you ever see him on Good Morning Britain, now Piers isn't shouting at him all the time, in the background, <laughs> all the books on there are Wisdom and... That, you know, cricket-related books. He's a, he's a massive fan. We should invite him up, shouldn't we? Guest of honour. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure our hard-hitting journalism. The next time the track and trace goes down, maybe we should get him on and kind of slide a tough question in. Put him up against uh, Mike Perkins. Mike Perkins, who's, who used to have long hair, by the way, in those days, got so looks very smart <laughs> these days, and um, reliably told that uh, he made uh, Joe Kaloran look relatively sensible. Oh wow! The word "box of frogs" the phrase "box of frogs" was used. Um, I, I remember him actually. He was it was it was a great lad. And if he's listening, you know, thanks for coming. Thanks for saying nice things about us. Rightly, um, let's um, let's move on to fantasy league. Mm, interesting week. What's your thoughts before we hear from uh, Wacko Jacko, who is just coming around the corner now? I can see him coming in towards the building. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, he's turning. It's bit, he's getting a bit of a cult following. I must admit, everyone I speak to about the podcast is uh, enthralled by uh, Jacko's contribution. And uh, and uh, Did you say con- what enthralled sort of, or confused? Sorry. No, no, oh no, they're, they're enthralled. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a couple of lads that probably need explaining some of the words he uses because he's obviously an intelligent lad. But he's uh, yeah, he's got a bit of a cult following there, and uh, it. The fancy leagues really seem to have caught people's imagination uh, this year, which is great. Uh, Marius, obviously, if you didn't have Marius this week, you've had a really bad week. Um, and you know, I think there was actually someone who had Marius as captain. Uh, Ian Thistlewood being one, and Tom Rafe being the other. They, you know, they absolutely they they've really pulled themselves back into the reckoning. Uh, really, really, really poor week for me. 
um, selfishly, uh, losing the top spot to Warren. I can honestly say that would break my heart, Jim, if uh, <laughs> if Warren finished ahead of me. It re- for someone who who loves uh, first class cricket like Warren does, and openly says he doesn't know a great deal about other club cricket. Uh, and I love club cricket and don't really talk about first class. If I finished behind him, that would be a real low point. He's just, so. he's just pulling names out of a hat, isn't he? To be honest, Warren. <laughs> I think he does listen to the podcast, so I'm going to start throwing a few uh, red herrings in there. Um, but also as well, I think the fact that he's managed to kind of bed in a few of the lads into his side and he actually forgot to make his substitutions last week, so he, he, he fell lucky. Mm. Um, I will be having a go with Griff, though, giving Sam Mallows a couple of overs at the end to get a few cheap ones did not help my cause at all. Well, you picked but Griff one last week, didn't you? Yeah, I've just, just a nightmare. <laughs> I didn't. I, if if a new Jackie Yates was coming down at half time, so we had someone to talk to, I would never have picked Griff. It was terrible. Oh. Um, but you know, obviously a social uh, butterfly that Matthew is. Um, that that obviously affected his form on the day. But the the big faux pas for me was I talked up Joe Clore and I said he was going to get points, and I didn't pick him. He actually thought he um, he should win the um, Tajikistan Player of the Week award. We'll come on to that in a sec. But uh, let's hear from uh, Wacko Jacko because he's just turned up, looking a little breathless. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We gaan feesten. Hi all, week 8 of the Fantasy League complete and we've seen some big points hauls this week. Stealing the show with his blistering 176 with Marius Moss Mossart bringing in 216 fantasy points. Captain by a few teams, it's meant some big changes in the leaderboard. Tom Roche had the genius move of triple captaining Moss this week, it's meant he was the week's top scoring team. Sam Mallows was another 100 point scorer this week with 3 wickets, 2 runouts and a catch, along with then Dave Henson. Impressed in an all-round performance with 60 and 2 wickets. Notable mentions for Bob Evans, 78, Marnie with 70, Ian Fiss, 51, like myself with 87, Archie Riley and Ed Owen with 49 and 47 respectively, Harry Kaloran, 58, Joe Maddox, 56, Joe Kaloran, 84, Sheehan, 46, keeping with getting the three Bs. Overall, it has meant a switch in the leaders with Warren Goodwin now with a 132-point lead over Lee Dixon. Dan Pond and George Metcalf have moved up to third and fifth though through their captaincy of Moss. John Scott remains in the top five in fourth place. Cheers. There we go. Uh, <laughs> make, make what you will of that. The Chester Borton Hall Player of the Week. Sponsored by Changing Home. Chester's premier independent estate uh, agent. <laughs> it was, uh, well, well, have a guess who, um, who won it. Well, you know, because you presented it. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it, it, it was it was great because obviously there was a, a, a funny tale about the fact that he also got Dick of the Day for the third 11, even though he got 160. For those who weren't uh, there, do you want to just uh, do you want to explain it? Yeah, it was just the, it was the fact that, look, we're, we're, we're massively a family club and we want to include women into the into the day as much as we can. But he's obviously come off the pitch uh, absolutely delighted with his own personal performance and, you know, Still in his pads from all accounts, gone gone in for the the big snog with his missus. Oh. Um, so you know, I, I think uh, the lads uh, enjoyed that, and obviously, I, I did make the the small joke that maybe with this uh, magnum of uh, prosecco from changing home, that uh, sparks could fly in the Mozart household that evening. So uh, he, he took it in good faith, and uh, he came up and uh, I think he was he was really chuffed with his day's work, and he should be. Um, and you know those days don't come along, so you should enjoy them. So fantastic from him. Obviously, Joe had a really good day, and I think he would have really appreciated the free drink of a modest gym <laughs> and some meatballs. Uh, that's a yeah, that's another story. Um, what is what happens now? Um, not a leading question, Mister Selector. Um, but um, look, you know, Marius is. Scored a lot of runs recently. Uh, he's looked the part. Um, we know um, he does outside of work and, and, and you know, giving time up and so on and so forth is, 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 is tough in some instances. But um, how does uh, where do you go from here? And scored 176 for the thirds. And George, can't, yeah. George isn't here, so he can't answer it. 
Well, I've had to sign. I've literally just had selection, and, and it's fair to say Marius was a fairly large chunk of selection. I've had to sign a non-disclosure agreement <laughs> uh, because the the politics that go within selection and uh, people have got friends coming up, or uh, you know, different dynamics where people should be batting or whatnot. Look, I think it is a matter of time. I think Matthew's very keen to give him his chance, and I think you know th- that's got to come sooner rather than later. Um, with Ben Spaven coming back this week and also uh, potentially someone coming down from the first team as well. I think uh, George has uh, managed to potentially keep hold of him by his uh, fingernails, um, but it's got to be close. He, he, he's the informed guy. Um, it's great to see Manny, uh, Persiani, get some runs as well on the threes. He's just a machine at that level. Yeah. Um, another guy who plays for the corner house, he does extremely well in there. For you fantasy leaguers, Alex Cotton's back after his week off, so make sure you get him back in. He's going to be very, very uh, handy and, and seems to be almost the best value. But the guy for this week, the pick on the fantasy league, save your pennies, cash him in, is Rick Moore away at Toft. Mm. Just, you heard it here lot, first, it, folks. Uh, well, if he doesn't get any runs at Toft, I think Rick may just pack in. because Not because they're not a good side, but... He's obviously not maybe not got as many as he wanted in the league so far. And I think he's kind of looked to Toft for uh, a way of getting himself going again because it's always been such a, a good ground for him. Mm. Um, and he's working extremely hard in this game. So Ricky Moore is your man for this week. He, he's, he's a snip at £8.2 million. Pounds. £8.2 million. Pounds. But the cows are huge, by the way, at Toft, aren't they? Well, what I would say, Jim, for obviously yourself as a Southampton fan, I'm not expecting you to sign him because it just wouldn't be realistic. Someone will probably come in and gazump you. <laughs> so I'm sure Dave, Dave Henson's available, yep. the man in form. That's my man. Million. Sorted. <laughs> Jobs are good. All right, Lee, what happens between now and the weekend? Are you, uh, are you in uh, heavy training? Yeah, well, I managed to get a net in tonight on the square. Uh, which was fantastic. You know, cheers to, to Keggy and uh, Fleety, the grounds chairman, for sorting that out. And uh, did a few sprints after being run out at the weekend. Um, felt every bit. Oh, it was my a great, was a great my, dive, I'm, by the way. It was a great dive. And it was, to be fair, it was very close. But you looked a little it was disgruntled. Very, I, I was maybe fractionally disgruntled, Jim. Um, and uh, I think uh, it's fair to say that I wasn't even in the frame, but I did put a dive in. But I'm pretty sure um, it's not my worst dive that I've ever done. Um, that was in Golf and Nomads, I think, wasn't it? Uh, it well, yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't it wouldn't have been far away from the footy. But I did actually uh, dive in last year, uh, full length, and um, I actually dived short of the actual crease. So I was full length, and I was still short of the ground, which was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so th- this one wasn't too bad. I was just out by a very, very long way. So. I'm hoping that uh, our skipper uh, has uh, been practicing in the garden is calling and uh, <laughs> maybe factors in that I'm maybe seven stone and 12 years older than him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Lee, we'll let you go. Thank you very much. That's us done, I think, isn't it, for another week? We're, um, we'll go again next week and see where we are. Yeah, happy cricketing, everyone, and we'll touch base next week, hopefully after a mega weekend for the club. Brilliant. And so another Full Toss podcast sinks into the West. Many thanks to all our contributors as per ever. Thank you, of course, for listening. Special thanks to Lee Dixon for holding bits of it together. Well, sometimes anyway. And a reminder, of course, that there is if there is anything that you want to hear that's vaguely to do with Chester Bolton Hall Cricket Club, please do let us know. Keep an ear out as well. We have a couple of vintage Bolton Hall guests waiting in the wings as well. Okay, in the meantime, enjoy your cricket. Get down to that tent and we'll see you soon. Stay safe. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Bolton Hall.